0: You're listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volume, over 2500 page work by the Venerable Maria of Agreda. If you would like to discuss today's reading, head on over to Facebook, and there you'll be able to share your own thoughts and insights on the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast page with others who are listening and following along. Let us now thank God for the life of Venerable Maria of Agreda. Almighty God, you will that all people know the saving power of Jesus' name. Throughout time, you have sent missionaries to your people who proclaim the good news. We thank you for sending Sor Maria to the Humano people and planting the seeds of the gospel in their heart and in our land. She taught them the good news and prepared them for baptism. We look to her example in holy life and wish to be taught by her today. Sor Maria teaches how to pray and meditate Teach us how to imitate the virtues of Our Lady. Teach us the mysteries of our faith. Almighty God, stir a flame in our hearts the same missionary fervor of sore Maria, so we may be as emboldened as she was to proclaim the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Today is day number 212, and we are reading from volume 3, Book 5, Chapter 26, Paragraphs 284-289 to 289. Chapter 26 After his fast, the Lord allows himself to be tempted by Lucifer. Christ vanquishes him, and his Most Holy Mother is kept informed of all that happens. 284 In the 20th chapter, I have related how Lucifer came forth from the infernal caverns in order to find and tempt the Divine Master. I mentioned also that the Lord concealed himself in the desert, where, after a fast of about forty days, he permitted the tempter to approach him. As told by the evangelists, Matthew four two, Coming to the desert and finding the object of his search alone, Lucifer was highly rejoiced, for he found Jesus separated from his mother, whom he and his satellites esteemed their enemy on account of the defeats they had suffered at her hands. As he had never entered into any contest with the Lord, and as Mary was absent, the dragon in his pride accounted his victory secure. But when Lucifer and the other demons observed their opponent more closely, they began to feel great fear and discouragement, not because they recognized his divinity, for of this they had no suspicions as long as they saw him so despised, nor because of any previous experience with him. For as yet they had measured their forces only with the heavenly queen, but because they saw manifested in his exterior so much reserve and so much majesty, and because his actions were so perfect and heroic that they inspired great fear and dread, his behavior and his condition were totally different from those of other men whom they had tempted and easily overcome. Lucifer conferred about these matters with his demons, saying, What manner of man is this who is so adverse to the vices by which we assail other men? If he is so forgetful of the world, and has his flesh in such entire subjection and control, how shall we find any opening for our temptations? How shall we hope for victory if he has deprived us of the weapons by which we make warfare among men? I have many misgivings about this contest. So great is the value and power of contempt of the world and subjection of the flesh that they fill with terror the devil and all hell, and the demons would not rise up against us in such pride if they would not find men subject to these tyrants before he comes to tempt them. 285. Christ the Savior permitted Lucifer to remain under the false impression that he was a mere human creature, though very holy and just, he wished to raise his courage and malice for the other contest, for such is the effect of any advantages espied by the devil in his attacks upon the victims of his temptations. Rousing his courage by his own arrogance, he began this battle in the wilderness with greater prowess and fierceness than the demons ever exhibited in their battles with men. Lucifer and his satellites strained all their power with malice, lashing themselves into fury against the superior strength which they soon found in Christ our Lord. Yet our Savior tempered all his actions with divine wisdom and goodness, and in justice and equity concealed the secret source of his infinite power, exhibiting just so much as would suffice to prove him to be a man so far advanced in holiness as to be able to gain these victories against the infernal foes. In order to begin the battle as man, he directed a prayer to the Eternal Father from his inmost soul, to which the intelligence of the demon could not penetrate, saying, My Father and Eternal God, I now enter into battle with the enemy, in order to crush his power and humble his pride and his malice against my beloved souls. For thy glory and for the benefit of souls, I submit to the daring presumption of Lucifer. I wish thereby to crush his head, in order that when mortals are attacked by his temptations without their fault, they may find his arrogance already broken. I beseech thee, my Father, to remember my battle and victory in favor of mortals assailed by the common enemy. Strengthen their weakness through my triumph. Let them obtain victory, let them be encouraged by my example, and let them learn from me how to resist and overcome their enemies. 2.86 During this battle, the holy angels that attended upon Christ were hidden from the sight of Lucifer in order that he might not begin to understand and suspect the divine power of our Savior. The Holy Spirits gave glory and praise to the Father and the Holy Ghost, who rejoiced in the works of the Incarnate Word. The Most Blessed Virgin also from her oratory witnessed the battle and manner to be described below. The temptation of Christ began on the thirty-fifth day of his fast in the desert and lasted to the end of the fast as related by the evangelists. Lucifer assumed the shape of a man and presented himself before the Lord as a stranger, who had never seen or known him before. He clothed himself in refulgent light, like that of an angel, and conjecturing that the Lord, after his long fast, must be suffering great hunger. He said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Matthew four three, By this cunningly resting his advice on the supposition of his being the Son of God, the demon sought some information on what was giving him the greatest concern. But the Savior of the world answered only in these few words, Not in bread alone doth man live, but in every word that proceedeth from the mouth of God. Christ took the words from the eighth chapter of Deuteronomy. But the devil did not penetrate into the meaning given to these words by Christ, for Lucifer understood him to mean that God could sustain the life of man without bread or any other nourishment. But through this was also the true signification of these words. Yet our divine master included a much deeper meaning, desiring by these words to say to the devil, This man with whom thou speakest lives in the word of God, which is the divine word, hypostatically united to his humanity. Though that was precisely what the Lucifer desired so much to know, he did not deserve to understand the words of the God-man, because he did not wish to adore him as true God. 287 Lucifer found himself repulsed by the forces of this answer and by the hidden power which accompanied it, but he wished to show no weakness nor desist from the contest. The Lord allowed the demon to continue in his temptation, and for this purpose permitted himself to be carried by the devil bodily to Jerusalem and be placed on the pinnacle of the temple. Here the Lord could see multitudes of people, though he himself was not seen by anybody. Lucifer tried to arouse in the Lord the vain desire of casting himself down from the high place, so that the crowds of men, seeing him unhurt, might proclaim him as a great and wonderful man of God. Again, using the words of the Holy Scriptures, he said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written that he hath given his angels charge over thee, and in the hands they shall bear thee up, lest perhaps thou dash thy foot against a stone." Matthew 4, 6. The heavenly spirits who accompanied their king were full of wonder that he should permit Lucifer to carry him bodily in his hands solely for the benefit of mortal men. With the prince of darkness were gathered innumerable demons, for on that occasion hell was almost emptied of its inhabitants in order to furnish assistance for this enterprise. The author of wisdom answered, It is also written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Deuteronomy 6.16 While giving these answers, the Redeemer of the world exhibited a matchless meekness, profoundest humility, and a majesty so superior to all the attempts of Satan, as was of itself alone insufficient to crush Lucifer's arrogance and to cause him torments and confusion never felt before. 288. Being thus foiled, he attacked our Lord in still another way, seeking to rouse his ambition by offering him some share in his dominion. For this purpose he took the Lord upon a high mount, from whence could be seen many lands, and said to him with perfidious daring, All these will I give to thee, if, falling down, thou wilt adore me. Matthew 4, nine, Exorbitant boldness, and more than insane madness, and perfidy. Offering to the Lord what he did not possess, nor even could give, since the earth, the stars, the kingdoms, principalities, riches, and treasures all belong to the Lord, and he alone can give or withhold them when it serves and pleases him. Never can Lucifer give anything, even not of the things of the earth, and therefore all his promises are false. The king and lord answered with imperial majesty, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, The Lord thy God thou shalt adore, and him alone shalt thou serve. By this command, Be gone, Satan, Christ, the Redeemer, took away from Lucifer permission further to tempt him, and hurled him and all his legions into the deepest abysses of hell. There they found themselves entirely crushed and buried in its deepest caverns, unable to move for three days. When they were permitted again to rise, seeing themselves thus vanquished and annihilated, they began to doubt whether he who was so overwhelmed might not be the incarnate Son of God. In this doubt and uncertainty, they remained without ever being able to come to certain conviction until the death of the Savior. Lucifer was overcome by hellish wrath at his defeat and was almost consumed in his fury. 289. Our divine conqueror Christ then sang hymns of praise and thanks to the Eternal Father for having given him his triumph over the common enemy of God and man, and amid the triumphal songs of a multitude of angels. He was born back to the desert. They carried him in their hands. Although he had no need of their help, since he could make use of his own divine power, but this service of the angels was due to him in recompense for enduring the audacity of Lucifer in carrying to the pinnacle of the temple and to the top of the sacred humanity of Christ, in which dwelt substantially and truly the divinity itself. It would never have entered into the thoughts of a man that the Lord should give such a permission to Satan, if it had not been made known to us in the Gospels. But I do not know which deserves the greater astonishment, that he should consent to be carried about from one place to another by Lucifer, who did not know him, or that he should allow himself to be sold by Judas, or to be received in the Holy Sacrament by this treacherous disciple, and by so many sinful members of the church, who do know him to be their God, and yet received him unworthily. What we certainly must wonder at is that he permitted as well the one as the other, and that he continues to permit it for our benefit, and in order to draw us to him by this meekness and by his patient love. O sweetest master of my soul, how sweet and kind and merciful art thou toward the souls. Joel 2.13 Out of purest love thou didst descend from heaven to earth for them. Thou didst suffer and give away thy life for their salvation. Mercifully thou waitest for them, and bearest with them. Thou callest and seekest after them. Thou receivest them, and dost enter into their bosom. Thou yieldest thyself entirely to them, and anxiously desirest them to be thine. What transfixes and bursts my heart is that, while thou seekest to draw to thee all out of pure love, we fly from thee, and respond to all thy excesses of love only by ingratitude." O immense love of my God, so badly repaid and so little acknowledged, give me, O Lord, fountains of tears, to weep over this wrong which is so deeply to be deplored, and let all the just of the earth help me. When the Lord had been carried back to the desert, the angels, according to the gospel, ministered unto him. Matthew 4.11 For at the end of his temptation and fast they served him with a celestial food, in order that his sacred body might again be invigorated. Not only were the angels present to rejoice at this divine banquet, but also the birds of the desert came in order to contribute to the recreation of their creator by their harmonious songs and graceful movements. And in their own way, the wild animals of the desert joined them, throwing off their native wildness and producing their joyful antics and sounds in acknowledgement of the victory of their Lord. This concludes our reading today for day number 212. We've been reading from volume 3. Book 5, chapter 26, paragraphs 284 to 289. We are reminded again today how much the evil one, Lucifer, and all of his legion demons, how they feared the Blessed Mother. And so they saw Jesus alone, and knowing what Mary was able to do to them and overcome them, well, they thought maybe because she wasn't there they would be able to attack the Lord, But we saw, as we hear every first Sunday of Lent, that Jesus responds with Scripture. Jesus knows the tactics of the evil one and then responds to him. When it comes to that temptation of turning the rock into bread, and Jesus says, Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Man does not live by bread alone. The true bread that we live by is that bread that has come down from heaven, the bread that Jesus will take on the night of the Last Supper and say, this is my body, and then break it and give it to his disciples. And when we're talking about temptation and sin, we also must talk about worthy reception of Holy Communion. And we heard about unworthily receiving the Lord in our reading today or to be received in all the holy sacrament by this treacherous disciple and by so many sinful members of the church who do know him to be their God and yet receive him unworthily. So we always want to worthily receive the Lord and examine our conscience. And then Jesus says to the evil one, Be gone, Satan. Be gone, Satan. For us, when we face different temptations in our life, Maybe that's something we just say to ourselves quietly. Be gone, Satan. That we command the devil to be gone just as Jesus did. And once Jesus faced these temptations in the desert, it says our divine conqueror Christ then sang hymns of praise and thanks to the eternal father for having given him this triumph over the common enemy of God and man. Jesus sings a song of praise. And maybe in your dealing with temptation, you sing a song of praise then. What hymn would you sing? What praise and worship song do you sing to give honor and to give glory to God for what he has done in your life? Maybe you sing, Now thank we all our God, with hearts and hands and voices, who wondrous things has done, in whom this world rejoices. But to sing a hymn, Maybe if we fall to temptation then we go to the sacrament of reconciliation, well, we sing a hymn of praise to God, giving thanks for his mercy and forgiveness, knowing that the Lord has set us free. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year I'm reading and reflecting on the four volumes of the mystical city of God. I'm grateful you joined me today, and I hope you'll join me again tomorrow. Until then, may God bless you, and Mary pray for you.